You're listening to the Seahawks Insiders. Russell takes the snap, steps up in the pocket, looks, has time. Now he's going to throw. Tyler Lockett looks for the ball. He's got it. Touchdown, Seahawks. Getting you ready for Seahawks football every Sunday. The handoff inside to Carson starts up the middle, now bounces it across the line. He's in. Touchdown, Seahawks. Powered by Seahawks.com. You have been counting down the minutes till you could see the entire Seahawks schedule. And now we finally know what this is like, and we are going to break this down for you. Hey there, I'm Jen Mueller. I work on the Seahawks radio broadcast, and I've got the schedule printed in front of me. And you might hear John Boyle and I talk about Seahawks on a regular basis on the Seahawks Insider Podcast. So John is going to join this conversation. Hello, John Boyle. Hi, Jen. Fun to be talking to you in a different format. I know. I do like this. And I like that we can get some real-time feedback. And I know that Michael Bumpus has already gone over the schedule, and he's got some early thoughts on how the Hawks are going to manage this 2021 schedule. Hello, Bump. Jen Mueller, John Boyle, how you guys doing? It's schedule release day, Bump. Like, this is usually the day that I am toasting and cheersing and, like, like mapping out everything about the season. I'm fantastic. Clearly, these guys do not take schedule release day as seriously as I do. I just Maybe look this- at it for like holidays and how mad is my wife going to be if I miss a certain holiday. So ho- home, not- home for Christmas, home for Halloween with the kid. Well, there's a game Halloween, but home that weekend. So that, you All know, right. for family reasons, it's a pretty good schedule. Well, that is true. Before we get into this, I do want to point out, everybody should already know this, the schedule, of course, looks different this year. It is a 17-game regular season schedule. The Seahawks play more games on the road this year. They will have an extra preseason home game, just three home, or I'm sorry, just three preseason games this year, so they play the same total number of games, but that's why you've got kind of a different-looking schedule and, and why the travel looks like it does with the Seahawks. Michael Bumpus, when the schedule comes out, what is the very first thing you look for? First thing I look for are the primetime games. They got five of those. They got three in a row, I believe. So that just lets you know that the Hawks, excuse me, the NFL thinks that the Hawks are something special, something we already know. And then I look at their opponents. I love that we're going to see the young quarterbacks. We're going to see Trevor Lawrence. We might see Trey Lance. I know we should see Justin Fields. So I want to see how the Hawks do against these young quarterbacks. And now I don't have to watch a replay. I can watch these young guys perform live. Now, Bump, you, <laughs> Bump as you've been a player, you know that mindset. It, are the players thinking prime time, or are they more just looking at wins are by and how cold the games are we playing on the road in January and December? You got it. They're looking at when's the bye, when can I rest, where are we going in November, December, Primetime is cool. I think those younger guys kind of get more excited for those games. For everyone who's been in this organization, as you know, Boyle, like, this is what they do. They play primetime games. They win in primetime games. It's just another week for them. Let's go back to week one. Opening on the road against Indianapolis. You've got a couple of opponents there, Indianapolis and Tennessee, teams that you do not see very often. What about the start of the season? Because I'm going to say this. I was hoping the Seahawks would have L.A., early like in those first four games now they do have them in week five because I thought LA is going to be in a little bit of flux right there's a transition period after losing so many coaches changing quarterbacks I wanted to see them get the Rams early to maybe take advantage of that but John how are you seeing these first 
two to three weeks shaping up. I mean, it's a tough start. You go, you know, back to back playoff teams from the AFC South and going to play a hope somebody else's home opener. We know is always tough. I mean, I think one thing to your point of things being different for the Rams that could benefit the Seahawks. They're going to look different. You know, the Colts and especially the Colts, but even the Titans aren't really going to know exactly what to expect from the Seahawks offense. So that could be one little edge you get early in the season as the league has to kind of wait and see what Shane Waldron's offense looks like. Yeah. Bump, how about you? Does it matter who and where you start the season? Because I know Pete's going to say it's not how you start, it's how you finish, but you can make life a whole lot easier for yourself with a winning record coming out of September. Yeah, you're right. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. But if you start 2-0, uh, you're looking pretty good. Honestly, I look at that Colts game, Jen, and I'm like, all right, Carson Wentz is back with Frank White. Carson had his best years with this man as his offensive coordinator. So there's some familiarity over there. They have some weapons offensively. Jonathan Taylor's a good running back. And then that second week, we all know who they got in the backfield. Mr. Henry, who is going to run hard and try to wear you down. Thankfully, you're seeing him earlier in the season. I think it's going to be tough coming out the gate, but if these guys can be healthy and start fast on offense, that is key. Start fast on offense. You don't want to lean on your defense. Start fast on offense. It could be good for them, and then we know about the Vikings. They dominated the Vikings, but they're going to Minnesota this time, so you never know. Bunk, you bring up a good point there. I tend to believe, and I think that this might be a little bit old school, that defense is always ahead of the offense coming out of training camp just because of how challenging it is to install on the offensive side. And certainly when you've got a new offensive coordinator, I would imagine that there's a lot of kinks to work out on that one. Is that old school thinking that it takes the offense longer to catch up? You know, it is old school, and I was with you until last year. We kind of saw what these offenses did starting the season, right? I mean, it seems like every game the offense were putting up 40-something points. Um, And then you you add the complexity. You hear Tyler Lockett say, this is a sophisticated offense. It kind of scares me when he says that because I'm like, all right, Tyler, does it mean, like, it's hard for you to, to pick up? Are you uncomfortable? But thankfully, there's too many veterans in that offense for this offense to stall out. Um, it's you're rolling the dice at this point last year, Jen, I would have been with you when it when with the, the thought that it takes the offense longer to get going, but now I just don't know. So, so we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think a lot of us thought that might be the case last year, but there was this mystery of no preseason limited off season workouts. And uh, maybe we're seeing a permanent shift there just because teams can do so much less tackling and more physical practices leading up the season. So defense is, you know, have to kind of figure out the physical part of it on the fly as the season gets going. So, yeah, I, you know, I think maybe we're maybe that is an old school mentality that's not going to hold true anymore. Well, the Seahawks have three of their first four games are on the road, and then they have a stretch of games where they've got three of four primetime games. You've got two of those at home. I know that you guys were talking about just having those back to back to back weeks. John, do you think it hypes the team up or do you think that, boy, that is a level of energy that you've got to bring three straight weeks on prime time that can just add to the stress of a season? I mean, Pete Carroll's always going to harp on, you know, treat, treat them all the same, you know, every week's a championship opportunity. So I don't think it necessarily creates any extra burden on the team. You know, the, the natural thing at home is that you just have a little more energy in the stadium. I think the fans are a little more fired up. 
possibly a little better hydrated, if you will. So it can just be a little, <laughs> a little more exciting in the building. And then that can kind of work its way through to the players down on the field. But yeah, I mean, a, a big part of what Pete Carroll wants to do here is create a team that doesn't, you know, get way up for a preseason game and then have, or I'm sorry for a, for a primetime game and then have a letdown for a day game. So yeah, I, you know, I think it's more an exciting thing for the fans than anything else that you're going to have, you know, two two times in three weeks, less than three weeks with the Thursday game, you have all these uh, fans packed in the stadium, hopefully, and have a fun night game environment for the Rams, especially with that'll be just an awesome game, I'm sure. Um, there's a lot of time before those night games, though. Holy cow, is that a long yeah. day? Yeah, it's a long day. A lot of time to, to think about what you have ahead of you. And also a lot of time to relax and just be with your family and, and get into your comfort zone. I think we probably get more hyped up for this. Jen and John, you know, I'll walk through the stadium and I see the Thursday night football truck. I'm hyped up. I'm like, let's go, baby. Primetime game. I think the primetime games really affect these young guys more than the OGs, right? These guys who haven't been in this environment, who maybe come from a smaller school and, and didn't have this electricity. End of the day, you rely on your philosophy and what you're taught. And I think Pete Carroll does a great job of just getting these guys going. Every week, you should be amped up but it is a little different when you kick off at 5:20. Okay, so bye week comes in week nine. That is after three consecutive, uh, I'm sorry, three or four primetime games. And then you've got Green Bay coming out of the bye in Green Bay. Is this the chance for the Seahawks to win in Green Bay? Yeah, I, I was just looking at that. It's The home team has won, is 4-0 in this series since 2012 on both sides of it. And it's been tough for the Seahawks there, you know. You would hope that maybe in mid-November the weather's still at least decent in Green Bay. And as you just said, coming off the bye, the Packers are not coming off their bye, so you're going to be the more rested team. And, yeah, I mean, it's that's a really tough place to win, both because of the fans and the environment, and the team is just really good year in, year out. So, yeah, hope, hopefully this is the year the Seahawks can put an end to that streak. Who's going to be the quarterback? I mean, we'll know we'll know by then. But right now, I'm looking at the schedule. I'm like, is it gonna be Aaron Rodgers? Is it Love? They just signed Bortles. If it's Bortles, chalk it up as a win. I don't care who he plays for, where you play him. That's a win against Bortles. But yeah, you're right. It's always tough for these guys to go to Green Bay and win. This could be the season. No matter who's at quarterback, you still have that bye week, so you can spend more time preparing for the quarterback and and throwing new tricks at him. So if you are to play Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, I really like it after a bye. Well, and it's really a nice time of year there, right? It's cold, but you're probably not going to be stuck in a blizzard or anything as extreme as you would get in December. So that could work to the Seahawks' favor. I'm looking then at the following week, week 11. That is the first time the Hawks will face Arizona. So you will face the Cardinals in week 11. And then the final game of the season, week 18, that is January 9th. What's the danger bump in facing Arizona for the first time late in the season with Kyler Murray? And I realize we can't predict injuries, but to me, that could be a dangerous time of year if that team has gotten a chance to get rolling. Yeah, it is dangerous. And it's, it's dangerous because guys have settled in at this point. Let's just assume everyone's healthy, right? Guys have settled in. And offensive and defensive coordinators have a bunch of film to look at. And the Hawks will have film to look at as well. And we still don't – is Larry Fitz, is he signed yet? We didn't know if Larry Fitz is going to be there yet. Say Larry's there. Let's just say Larry's there. You got Larry Fitzgerald, you got A.J. Green, and you have D. Hops. 
that's one of the most talented starting receivers in the NFL. They just signed James Conner in the backfield to team up with Chase Edmonds. Offensively, this is a very explosive team. So what's the advantage for the Cardinals? That they're going to have a lot of film to watch. But I believe in this organization, they're going to watch film as well. It's going to be a chess match at this point. You can't just run any play you want to. you got to be very strategic week 11. You know, it's funny, Boyle. He went straight to the offense, and I get it, and I do think that there's something there. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking this Arizona defense has been problematic for the Seahawks, especially if they are at full strength with some of the pieces that they just added. You mean you're not shocked that Bumpus went straight to the receivers? I mean, so predictable. Bump. Yeah, I mean, that defense <laughs> gave the Seahawks some trouble at times. They obviously went out and added J.J. Watt, who we got to see, you know, what he looks like and if he's healthy. But if he is – all of a sudden, you know, if he's anything back to his old form, that defensive front is just a beast. We all know what Buda Baker can do in the back end of that defense and just so many weapons. So, yeah, I mean, look, we've seen it over the last few years when these teams play each other, pretty much all the division teams, but in particular those Seahawks-Cardinals games last year, they all pretty much went right down to the final plays, final minutes, and I'd be pretty surprised if that wasn't the case. But, yeah, I mean, I think – you know, we'll know a lot more. That, to me, is maybe the biggest mystery team in the NFC West. I think we all are assuming the Rams are going to be right up there again, and if the 49ers are healthy, they should bounce back strong. You know, the Cardinals improved from 2019 to 2020 quite a bit, and I, I would think they will continue that track. But this, to me, is a year that really tells the tale of kind of what path they're on, and probably by that game we're going to have a pretty good idea just how good that team is. So then as we continue down the schedule, it is Houston in week 14. The Texans have been as inconsistent as any team over the last few years, having great seasons followed by seasons where they've struggled back to great. You've got the Rams then in week 15. Again, that one's always a challenge, but it's the Chicago Detroit two home games that are right there towards the end of the season that I think are really interesting. Detroit, I wouldn't have looked twice at, Minus the fact that Jared Goff is the quarterback. And I'm very curious to see what he looks like in that offense, especially in week 17. Yeah, Jen, I think we're going to see the Jared Goff that we've seen. I think he had a couple good years with the Rams, with Sean McVay in his ear right up to the very last second. Moving to Detroit ain't going to make him better. He doesn't have as many weapons as he had with the Rams. But you never know. Sometimes a change in scenery kind of revitalizes a guy and, and gets him going. But I, I don't I think these are there are always a couple games that you kind of as a fan or an analyst, at least you kind of circle and say, OK, that's a W. That's a game that I'm looking at the schedule and I'm like, all right, that should be a W. If something were to happen and they don't win this game, to me, it would have to be because of availability of their football players or just something crazy happening. I never wish bad on, on an athlete. I was an athlete, but I don't think Jared Goff is a guy who's just going to transform the Detroit Lions in one season. I will say we probably would have circled the Giants game last year and said that was a W. Yep. So we, the you know, the True. late season random letdown is always a possibility. You never know what Dan Campbell's going to bring there, kind of how that team's going to respond to a new head coach. But yeah, I mean, look, I, the Rams, who have a really good offensive mind, a head coach, saw the the quarterback trade as an upgrade. So I don't think you're going to see a Lions team necessarily improve by going from Goff to or I'm sorry, from Stafford to Goff, but it's more what they're doing around them. And it's, you know, that late in the season, you just never know where a team's going to go. Bears game to me is all about, you know, is Justin Fields and that offense catch up to the defense? Because if that's the case, that team could be pretty scary by late in the season. 
Well, and I think, yeah, and you guys hit on the points exactly that I was thinking, right? There's the, uh, you have to guard against thinking that it's a win just because you've had some success and you think you know what that quarterback is going to do. And then if you do have Justin Fields in there as the Chicago quarterback, you could have a little bit of the unknown that you're dealing with down the stretch when what you'd really like to be doing is locking up home field advantage for the playoffs. What I really hope we don't see is a uh, little symmetry with 2012 when a rookie quarterback went to Chicago and kind of had his breakout game. So hopefully Justin Fields doesn't return the favor. Yeah, nah, we're just going to assume that nah. Justin doesn't even know that game. That's not even going to be part of his part of his thought process on that. We'll make sure that that doesn't happen. Okay, before we wrap up, here's what I want you to tell me. Look, we've got a lot of road games this year, which I realize we do all the time. The one extra road game probably doesn't make that much difference. But I always like to look at favorite city to go to that's on the schedule and then the game you're looking forward to most. So I want you guys to give me those two things before we wrap up. Bump, what's your favorite city to go to on this schedule? And what is the game you're looking forward to most? Favorite city to go to on the schedule? I'm going back to Cali, where I'm from. It's got to be the L.A. Rams, right? I get to, I would see some family, link up with some of my boys, and have a good time. Nothing like L.A. If you hate it or love it, I'm in the middle because I used to live there. Uh, the game that I'm looking forward Ew. to the most, I would say the second Rams game, December 19th, week 15, mm-hmm. just because I feel like both teams are going to be in good position. I really feel like Matthew Stafford can keep the good times rolling over there just because he's experienced. He's a better quarterback than Jared Goff, and they had success with Jared Goff in the back of quarterback at times in L.A. So I'm looking for that game and going back to Cali. That's funny because I was going to pick the first Rams game. It's only the second home game. You know, CX will have spent the first three of the first four weeks on the road, and you know, they should be fans there. Hopefully it's a full house and just, you know, with going a full season without fans, I think, you know, whether it's the home opener against Tennessee or especially that first primetime game, it's it's going to be so exciting to just feel that juice, that energy again in the stadium. Favorite city, you know, I always look at the non-division games because we go to those every year. LA is a great city with about the best weather you could possibly want. But uh, I will, I'll, I'll go with Washington, D.C. It's just, you know, it's a cool city. A lot of good history there, obviously, if you're into that. I'll also give a shout out there to Pittsburgh because it's pretty underrated as a city. And I, I really like the, the trip there in 2019. So hopefully it's a fun one again. Well, and the fans in Pittsburgh are pretty vocal. And that is a primetime game. That one's going to be a fun one. Um, if I had to pick cities, I don't get to go to Houston often to cover a football game. My family is there. So for that reason, I always look forward to a chance uh, to see my family. But the game I'm looking forward to most is at Green Bay, which is also a fun place to go. Um, I really, really want to see how that plays out. And I, I want the Seahawks to get the win on the road there. And everything that we have done is just our guesses. It's really speculating, but it's really a fun day. We won't know how all of this plays out until the Seahawks get underway. But it has been fun to talk through the schedule and to get excited about what's coming up in the 2021 season. Michael Bumpus, John Boyle, thank you. Great talking to you both. That was fun. Boyle, Mueller, appreciate y'all. All right. We'll see you guys. Thanks for tuning in and listening, 12s. We'll see you later. Go Hawks.